and we are back after a, an unexpected little delay in uh, the production for season two that i'm going to blame on a combination of um some illness and also the fact that um reinvent a large uh, trade show sponsored by our friends at amazon web service by the way we are open for sponsorship um <laughs> uh, gave us a few weeks of pause between episodes two and three but we're back with another episode andy good to talk to you as always how you doing uh, a lot better now that i've gotten over whatever was going through the household that mm -hmm. was uh not great it's the season it's the season and if you've got kids uh, in daycare it's like it's oh. basically a month without severe illness uh, you know running through the household is a good month right i feel like that's is that is that, is that fair on my uh do you think i'm being over pessimistic no, you're, you're you're spot on and what i what i'm also loving is the alerts that i'm getting from his daycare like <laughs> oh rsv exposure i'm like oh great I would love for us to do an episode on hypersensitivity to disease at some point because I feel like after COVID, we're just also like my wife's the same. She's like RSV, and it's like you know, I'm like, and I'm thinking, well, isn't it just a, like a bad cold? Like, do we need to be that worried about it? Like, I feel like I feel like two years ago, RSV would have been something we all shrug off, but maybe maybe I'm wrong about that. I don't know, but yeah, like I feel like now we're all just so like alert, we're eyes on stalks when it comes to. <laughs> Like oh man, I, like, I was I was down for like two weeks. Like I had a I was down for a week, and then it was just constant congestion. And then I'm worried about getting on a plane and have my eardrum blow out. Uh, like, that's no way to live. No way to live. And yeah, and by the way, I can attest to traveling in by airplane with a severe cold is a awful experience. The decompression on 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 approach just is agony. I I, I only ever happened to me once, but I will never do it again and i had no gum or no like you know like Oof. they give it that hard they used to give out that hard candy you remember those days yeah. the good old days of like air travel where they gave out hard candy on approach Smoking cigarettes Smoking <laughs> cigarettes exactly <laughs> you know cigars champagne little caviar that's all kind of it's not just the rom romance has gone hasn't it really from air travel it really has it's just now <laughs> the greyhound of the sky exactly exactly that's another episode we'll definitely do that you know on uh, you know air travel Cool. Okay. Well, um, I'm going to surprise you a little bit tonight. Um, in that I'm drinking, I'm looking at it. It's a very large whiskey. Um, it's been a bit of a day. Um, my employer, um, the Walt Disney Company, we have a major launch coming up this week, and um, as such, you know, everyone's a little bit on edge. Um, we're, we're adding you know, ad support to um, our Disney Plus platform, and that's a big deal, right? It's a major launch, yeah. um, you know, and uh, comes with a, a lot of um, expectations and responsibility. So I've, I've earned my whiskey today, um, <laughs> having spent a lot of time buried deep in spreadsheets, looking at all sorts of interesting things like expanded use of HEVC to save money, etc. But anyway. Oh, um, I know, right? Exhilarating <laughs> stuff, you know, exactly. Really. Um, but why don't, you, why don't you share with us a couple of things, uh, you know, your beverage, which I'm sure you're going to put me to shame uh, as a normal. And then, um, and then um, maybe a little bit about our um, continuation, I think, of uh, the subject matter. Yeah. Uh, so today I am drinking actually out of the great state of Oregon uh, in Portland from uh, Great Notion Brewery. Um, they're kind of known for their hazies and like uh, juicy beers, I guess. That's the best way IPA? to put it. Yeah, it's an IPA. So it's a hazy IPA. I'm drinking something called Juice Invader. Ooh. Um, they opened up a tap room, actually, a couple tap rooms up here uh, in Seattle. And uh, it, is, it is lovely. I, I really enjoy their beers. So grabbed one of those. I said, why not? 
And uh, let's let's continue down this philosophical path of knowledge that we call the last call. And this topic, so this will be a continuation of the of the topic that we had prior, which is around the philosophy and knowledge, and and you know why do good or bad thoughts happen to good people? Yeah. Um, and so one of the one of the subjects, it's it's actually a, a very interesting subject because it really gets down to how why people hold their beliefs. And um, so the the topic that we want to cover today really is uh, the you know epistemic stubbornness versus poorly educated, which means r- roughly that uh, you know people typically hold on to bad ideas or bad beliefs um, for two different reasons. One, they're poorly educated, like they just don't know much about the subject, so they kind of latch on to that first thing. Um, and, you know, as they gain more education, they're apt to change their position versus epistemic stubbornness. Whereas in the face of all the the um, uh, proof or evidence, really, um, yeah, evidence, really, when it comes down to um, in face of that, they still choose uh, to believe the, the wouldn't say the well, I guess I would say the wrong thing. Well, it's certainly contrary to the evidence, right? They hold on to a belief that's contrary to overwhelming evidence. Yeah. Yeah. Which also kind of begs the difference. Could you ever be 100% correct um, and 100% know something? Um, we could get into that in a different one. That's a whole episode on Bayesian theory. Well, I think that's the, <laughs> the difference between deductive reasoning and, and, and one of the two non-deductive forms of in, you know, inductive or abductive. Like those, uh, Deductive reasoning, yes, is proven beyond any any um uh, conversation right but but that's a luxury that rarely applies in the real world yeah so what are your what are your takes on this this the the poorly educated how how does that um end up affecting a person well and their beliefs you know i do think that um here in the united states um um, how do I say this without like offending a whole bunch of people? But, oh, you're going to anyways. But I don't mean to. Um, well, yeah. I think we never I think do. we have a long ways to go with um, education. Um, you know, we are fighting right now in this country over things like critical race theory um, or how we should talk about um, things um, like evolution in schools. And yet at the same time, many fifth graders could not point to Australia on a map. And so I would like to say that whilst we're busy arguing over whether God should be part of the curriculum, we should probably make sure that fifth graders know where kin Australia is on a map, right? I mean, so you log on, you buy a ticket, <laughs> Bob's your uncle. <laughs> um, so so I, 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 also I guess to answer your question perhaps more succinctly, um, you know, I do think that what tends to happen in face of, or sorry, in, in, in replacement for education and a quality of education is a whole bunch of stuff that fills the void, much like water on a sinking ship, right? It just comes rushing in and it isn't of the same quality as something that's curated and, and comes from an educator. It comes from the internet or perhaps other people hold similarly, similarly flawed beliefs. So I think the absolutely the critical flaw in, um, or the uh, reason for a whole bunch of bad ideas is probably in the former case that you described, which is, you know, poor education. Yeah. There is, of course, I think then a, a percentage, and I couldn't put a number on it, maybe you could, 
of people who, who know better, but for various cultural, ideological, um, I don't know, epistemic, I guess, reasons, hold on to beliefs that are overwhelmingly proven to be false. And that comes back to, I think, you know, you've brought this up a few times in, in, in previous podcasts, I think a sense of identity and that, you know, if you internalize some truth from your perspective, it's very hard to let that go, even if um, there is an overwhelming body of evidence to the contrary. Yeah. I mean, does that, I mean, does that sound right? And maybe that just, I think, go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. I think that, well, you know, poorly educated, I think is actually very easy um, to explain away, right? Because okay, there's a lack of knowledge. And to your point, there's a void there and sometimes it gets filled with crap and then sometimes, right. you know, it doesn't. But I think the the key difference between, I'm just going to start saying stubbornness instead of epistemic stubbornness. Sure. Um, especially <laughs> as I work my way through this and IPA. After a beer or two, yeah. It's like, <laughs> um, is the ability to change. And the like, as you start, you know, getting the bailing buckets out of that sinking ship of the poorly educated, you know, USS poorly educated, um, (laughs) you start filling it with knowledge and like it, people will change off of that and go, Oh, okay. I, I changing my viewpoint. Um, and I think that is, that's easier solved, which is just providing better education versus like the, the stubbornness, which is, it becomes an ingrained, um, part of the of identity right i think it all goes back to identity well well, let me Um, ask you this so i think it's you're right i think we can say that folks who don't don't know better can be given a pass to some extent because the level of education they've received may not entirely be dependent on them right there's all sorts of economic and cultural race-based um reasons why someone may not get the same level as ed- of education that you and I have had. So, okay, so let's put that aside for a minute. Let's talk about the epistemically stubborn folks. Right. Um, do you think that is a, um, a, a trait? Do you think people mm. are born to be stubborn in this regard, or do you think they learn to be stubborn? Whew, I'm hold, I have a view, nurture. but I want to hear what you have to say first. Oh, interesting. You have a view. Okay. Um, huh. I would say that there is an innate uh, human desire to understand. Like you, you kind of want to understand what's going on, right? That's that's what kind of separates us a lot from from the other mammals running around. Um, but I think it's reinforced through the tri- through tribalism um, that comes from being a, a, a social a- animal like you know human beings are. So I, I'll say that there is a a this is such a cop out and like this is just a cop out in psychology because it happens all the time with the nature versus nurture thing. It's like, well, yeah, we're pre-genetically disposed to have some of these beliefs. But then it's reinforced with the environment. Um, I think that's spot on. I was going to, I mean, I I think that's right. I think it is a nature versus nurture thing. And I think nature wins the lion's share of that deal, though, is is my view that people are born genetically predisposed to be epistemically stubborn. Um, But I do think parenting and, um, you know, social exposure either reinforces or negates that to some extent. 
Um, but yeah, I do think the lion's share of it is somewhat part of our. But be, you know, do you think then, like it's? Um, I don't want to say this. Like, there's a gradient, right? Like, I think it's too black and white just to say, okay, yeah, humans are born with it. But do you think there's a gradient, like a an inclination for most people, for some people, to be more uh, diehard about their beliefs? Yeah, I do. Kind of get in their head. Yeah, but I also think like, why are people born with an inclination to write left-handed or right-handed? I, I, you know, I mean, there's a certain amount of nurture, like, well, as as an example, my, um, I was the last, um, sorry, the first year of um, school where they didn't force people to write right-handed they let they let me continue to write in my i guess in my the equivalent of um um what's before high school in in middle school and then what's in preschool yeah. right yeah. um you know um you know they, they allowed me to write left-handed prior to my year um kids were forced to write right-handed so I, I i do think there are genetic traits that just are part of our character and i do think stubbornness when it comes to beliefs um I, I, I see no reason or argument why that would be exempt. Now, clearly, it can be reinforced or mitigated by nurture, mm. by parenting and, and other social exposure, such as education, etc. Um, but I think there are there is a spectrum. Yeah, absolutely. Not everybody's born like with a refusal to accept facts. Yeah. Um, some are, but a lot of people are born maybe with a recollection to be um, you know, immutable when it comes to their beliefs. And then there are others that perhaps are more open like i would you know i would count myself in the group of people that when presented with overwhelming evidence or even compelling evidence to something mm. that's contrary to something i believe i gen generally speaking will yield um because it, it's to me it, most things like that aren't identity um but it, i think it is that right it's when you internalize it um either through you know because that's how you are um, born or whether that's you, what you've been taught to do, um, that's where it becomes really hard to get unstuck. Right. And I think that's the root of that stubbornness. Right. Yeah. And I, I think, um, it's interesting, right? Because if you actually look at it, <clears throat> this goes back to, um, kind of the fundamentals of just science. And, and what I mean by that is like the scientific method is built on the fact that, you challenge these hypotheses, right? Until they become laws at some point where they're irrefutable, but you're, but the scientific method is all about being able to, um, repeat the experiment repeat the, the fact, if you will, and then yeah. be able to challenge that and be able to prove, okay, it can't be any other way because of this. Um, but I think what's interesting is like the scientific method also doesn't put us in a corner of saying, um, no, this is irrefutable. Like if there's new evidence, you kind of reassess that hypothesis and go, okay, we've got new evidence. Is it still true? Does it still hold true? I think, I think that's, yeah, because I, I, I don't think when you come to abductive reasoning, which is the most vulnerable form of non-deductive reasoning, um, and, that, and, and for folks who don't know what that means, it's essentially where you form a series of premises that independently don't prove something, but collectively strongly indicate that some uh, something is true. Um, and, and of course, um, perhaps without coincidence, it is the most form, uh, common form of reasoning that we use to evaluate the world. Um, 
it is fallible. It's incredibly fallible. Mm. And to your point, it's never, and or rare, I shouldn't say never, it's rarely 100% um, conclusive because that's what deductive reasoning is. Deductive reasoning is 100% conclusive. It is irrefutable. The conversation is closed. But that just, unfortunately, in the real world, um, is rarely applicable. So, yeah, I think, I think um, um, scientists... Um, at least good ones, when presented with a premise that invalidates, and you only need one, right? The um, yeah. the argument um, have to accept that their argument is no longer true. Um, of co- and that in there, I think, lies one of the biggest um, um, vulnerabilities of abductive reasoning, because you know you can say you you know one of the one of the great sins there is to be selective with the facts, right? You only look for facts that support your argument, whereas what you should be doing from a philosophical perspective is looking for just one fact that disproves it, right? But that's a very hard thing to do as a human being mm-hmm. because once you like once you have an agenda or something that you think is true or feel is true, you you of course want to support it um, and finding and but 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 being disciplined and going after and looking for facts that disprove your theory or hypothesis that's very uh unintuitive and uncomfortable thing to do and i think that's a lot of the reason why um you know uh so-called facts that are based on abductive reasoning are often critically flawed um Mm. does that i don't know does that i mean i think you know that's a that's a big part of that book that we we've both just read right yeah Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's, I think you're, you're right on that. I think the, when you start getting down to it, it's, I mean, all of it is, is going back to, uh, at least this topic, right. Is all about, uh, the willingness to accept new evidence (laughs) and, you know, just because, and I think the important message out of that whole thing, right. Is just because someone holds a belief there is, there is a big difference between poorly educated and, um, and stubbornness and poorly educated can be reversed and it should be right. Should you should fill the void with as much knowledge as possible, help that person out. When you get into stubbornness and you start getting into the, the conversations with that, it is a very difficult spot to, uh, debate with that person on on a certain belief. Um, yeah, and I, what I've noticed, and this is purely an internet thing, is that smart people that are proponents of what you and I might consider to be a um, you know an epistemically stubborn position will use terms that I think have become weaponized. Like, I think one of them I've seen a lot is cognitive dissonance. Like, mm. they'll say, oh, you you don't want to believe this because it's cognitively dissonant for you to do so. <laughs> and that's really, it's almost like taking the, the very flaw in their argument and weaponizing it against people who are trying to prove or, or show that their position is false or flawed. Um, and I've seen that so many times on the days when I, when I did have a Facebook account or did have, you know, an Instagram account, um, you know, oh, no, yeah, you, you just don't want to move to the, you know, it's the whole red pill. What is it? Red pill, green pill, blue pill thing. Blue pill. Yeah. Blue pill, right? It's like, oh, you know, you need to wake up. You need to see, you know, smell the coffee. You need to see the light. And the fact that you don't want to do that is evidence of this cognitive dissonance. <laughs> on the part. And then, of course, I think most people who use that term have no idea 
exactly yeah. what it means. But just um, play me the next cat video. That's all I want. <laughs> exactly. Like, How did the internet get so <laughs> argumentative? Right. Uh, this is what happens when it's not, humanity gets free reign over yeah, exactly. an open platform. Yeah. Exactly. So okay. So um, we've talked a little bit about what it means to be epistemically um, stubborn, and we've mm. talked a little bit about some of the. I think the two, I guess, main foundations um, for it being, you know, just the fact that people are um, uh, no, no, don't know any better, or, or, or for whatever reason, refuse to accept facts. Um, what do you think? And this, this is a hard question, and I apologize. You know, what is the cure to the latter? I mean, obviously, I think the cure to the former <laughs> is we need we need our curriculums and our um, education system to be less focused on the tribalities of, you know, oh, should, you know, evolution or, you know, creationism be taught? I mean, who cares? That's, you know, that's one, okay, one clear and obvious, um, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't go as far as to say solution, but a, a mitigating factor to the lack of education. But when it yeah. comes to stubbornness, and people who are smarter than and should know better, but yet for some reason are ref would refuse to change their viewpoint even in the face of overwhelming evidence. Well, how do you how do you fix that? I mean, what is it? It's certainly not, in my opinion. I just to jump in. It's not my, in my opinion. It's not to cut them off and say, well, I do F like you. how you answer your own question. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's good. But like, it's not like I, I. I think the answer is not to like write them off. Right. That's that would be the 100%. worst thing you could do. So what what is it you think? Well, I think so. I do want to. I do want to touch on. Well, okay. I've got. I've got a couple comments on that. So, the first one is. I would say let's not just chalk up poorly educated as to like a failure of an education system. I think what it also means is just like not knowing about the topic or maybe only having one point of view and haven't gone and gathered more evidence. Like I think you and I could probably be. That's fair. Um, you know, that's totally. <laughs> We're talking fair. about philosophy and like i don't have a phd in philosophy so i'm poorly educated in philosophy but no that's a very um, good point i mean the education yeah. can't cover every topic you're absolutely right yeah. yes yeah good point yeah. yeah um so the stubbornness thing what i find interesting about this whole conversation right is like i think this can in, in this can happen in in uh in the same person so i think it varies on topic so it could be hey i'm i'm stubborn on i don't know choose a topic let's let's choose dinosaurs like i am <laughs> i love dinosaurs I think, anything about so, dinosaurs is good for yeah, me so does my child uh, but uh especially with pjs but like the but you know if i'm i'm one of those people that says ah you know dinosaurs never existed right even though the um the fossil record actually you know what a better one is is that as of late there's this quote-unquote documentary that has been going around on netflix about ancient civilizations and it has been like archaeologists are calling netflix and saying you need to relabel this as fiction like there is no evidence <laughs> like wait, there wait, was what, this what's the premise the the premise is there's this guy he's um he's i forget where he's out of well, I know he's he's British, but I forget like what institute well, he's, he's right out then. of or whatever. <laughs> oh, I think that's led to some uh, unsavory <laughs> paths from the Brits in the past. Um, but the 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 idea is that he says, "Oh, there's this ancient civilization that was there's ancient civilizations around the world that had advanced technology, and there was this massive extinction." Um, 
event that occurred and just completely wiped them out. And archaeologists are going around it's like, we wait, wait, have... wait, so I want to stand this. So yeah. there was a pre a prior human race mm-hmm. that had advanced technology, presumably in maybe more advanced than we have today and yes. they were wiped out that i yes. would respectfully posit is horse <laughs> shit but um anyway that's yes. really interesting it's i want to see that now <laughs> but it's funny because i'm getting this stuff I like i get my buddies like you would text me this stuff i'm like guys come on <laughs> like, but like the evidence isn't there right and it's it's that but it gets into people's psyche of going, oh, wait, yeah, I mean, of course, that makes sense. Of course, <laughs> it makes sense, right? Like, right. Yeah. Um, so that that to me is like a whole different issue. But like these are my friends that are that I know are very intelligent people. Um, and every piece of evidence I bring back to them, they're like, no, that's not true. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> I, wait, I wait, 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 when you say, when you say, so you have friends, um, yeah. don't mention them, who no. like are into this, right? They, they, and, and they, one, it's entertainment, obviously, but two, they, they kind obviously. of buy the premise. And so yes. when you come back with any kind of like thing that might Refutable. suggest that, yeah, yeah. They, they just dismiss it. Mm-hmm. That's, that's epistemic stubbornness right there, right? I mean, really. Exactly. But wow. on the flip side of this, I know they're very intelligent, like very, um, uh yeah educated people so how do you rationalize that like how does how do those two things i don't know (laughs) do you know know what i mean like i feel like you and i are not exceptional people and yet i'll be the first to admit (laughs) no me too you know i have you know um i mean i'm not dumb but no, I'm also got an up and coming podcast. Exactly. It's going straight you know. to the top of the charts. <laughs> Looking for sponsorship. Um, <laughs> and um, but yeah, y- you and I might look at that and go, hmm, interesting. But here's a few flaws. And here's or, or maybe we buy it. And then someone comes along and says, yeah, but by the way, X, Y and Z can be easily refuted by, you know, Z, you know, A, yeah. B and C. And we'll go, oh, OK, well, that's obviously yeah. the crap. What's the difference between somebody who is capable of doing that and not capable of doing that i don't know i mean it's the flat earthers i mean let's just let's just get back down to it like oh it's turtles God. all the way down <laughs> like, it's just that to me it's it, but i think there maybe is and and this is i don't know i mean i'm just i'm just making guesses now but i think you could probably find a pattern that the people that believe in flat earth probably believe in other stuff that has been completely refuted by evidence um is it I, loneliness i mean, I, 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 I i don't know I, I feel like I'm coming in here with a very oversimplistic kind of like view. Oh, maybe they're just looking to like, you know, meet That's other what, people online that have similar crazy views and there's a sense of community to it, which I think is definitely part of it. But you're talking about professionals. You're talking about friends of yours who are potentially colleagues or I mean, they have, yeah. you know, what you would consider to be a prof- profession that requires a level of education, um, certainly a level of experience of the world, and yet hold these seemingly to you and I at least, and let's be clear, I mean, I guess there's a chance we're wrong. Um, Ridiculous ideas. And I don't know how to rationalize that. And I have good friends, good friends, friends I have, you know, invested uh, um, a huge amount of respect in. I think I trust their opinion. I think they are smart, 
articulate, creative people. And yet some of them um, believe that, you know, the coronavirus was a hoax. And I, like, you just have to, like, spend two minutes looking at the data to suggest that it killed tens of millions of people. Um, (laughs) What gives, right? I I don't know. It's just, it's baffling to me. It really is. And obviously we're probably not going to solve this on this. No, definitely not. In this conversation, but it is, it is interesting. anything. (laughs) (laughs) Let's hope not. Yeah. That would definitely, I think that would definitely take the edge off our podcast if we actually said something intelligent that, you know, people like, oh, that's, I'll write that down. Oh, oh, yeah. (laughs) I get to ever get an honorary degree from a university because of this podcast. I've done something really wrong. Yeah. I think we've definitely, we've, we've, we've taken it too seriously at that point. Sure. Yeah. That, that to me, that is baffling. And, um, and it is, uh, you know, by definition, and I'm sure the people that I'm talking about would hate to hear that I was thinking about them in in that way. But it is a form of stubbornness that mm-hmm. um, defies all um, plausible reason. Um, and it yeah. has to be character. It has to be there's something else going on that supports that viewpoint outside of the facts right and so then you come back to your you know you made this point about identity a lot of times i think there's a social aspect to it the sense that there is that there i think there's also a sense that their belief is contrary to the mainstream is attractive Mm -hmm. right i get that swimming upstream feels like to me a compelling and attractive seductive maybe is a better word um basis for belief and i think those things combined with um, intuition, which is a dangerous um, quality to base any argument on. Um, mm. I think those are the things that kind of are supportive and outweigh any evidence to the contrary. Can you think of anything else that might might convince people to sort of hold hold the line in the face of overwhelming evidence to the contrary? No, I mean I think there's probably deep rooted. <laughs> um, other issues going on there but uh not issues that that's the wrong way of saying it um there there's other other factors maybe yeah yeah yeah, other factors i should say right right yeah well cool look i i I could talk about this all night but um unfortunately um we've gone whoa 30 minutes i know our our listeners will not be happy with this one we've been getting some (laughs) sponsors uh, will though our sponsors will yeah there's been plenty of opportunities for for um product placement in this one but i can't think maybe medication or something i don't know (laughs) any final thoughts andy um no i think that i think the topics on uh that we're kind of tackling are just more systemic not systemic but they're um I would say deep rooted in, in just humans in general, right? Belief systems and, and what forms a personality. Um, I think the important thing to know is that if you're poorly educated, like just go, you got to figure out like how to fill that void. I think that was an excellent analogy that you used about the sinking ship and the void being filled. Um, and it's, how do you actually make sure that that void isn't, um, destructive i guess in some sense Um, or even it's you know i I feel like it's there's you know there's there's knowledge and then there's hearsay and um 
And I think those two things can easily um, um, be a facsimile for each other. And yeah. it's that's the danger, right? Is that you hear Here's my real final thought, David, on this. Okay. <laughs> if you hear hear something about a study that you've read in the news, actually go read the study. Yes. Like do that and then form an opinion. Don't go off of the the headline. Right. That, that's Don't my take final the crazy, right? Don't take <laughs> yes. the summary of it. <laughs> yes. Go read it and form your opinion based on the whole amount of data not the summary because the summary is necessarily an opinion um or the at the best case it's um you know a a watered down distillation of conclusions that are subject to opinion absolutely i think that's a very great um thought to finish this particular episode okay well i think we've probably got one more in us on Mm -hmm. this topic um so if you're hating (laughs) <laughs> we've gone in the last few weeks bear with us because we will return to um something perhaps a little bit lighter um i don't know what um uh in the coming weeks but uh, we've probably got one more on um because I, I do think this is a really really important subject especially right now where we have former presidents you know suggesting that we should oh. you know essentially dissolve the constitution of the united states i mean yay um so uh, we'll do one more and then i think we'll we'll pick another topic like you know where do baby ants go to school or something um but in the meantime <laughs> where that came from in the meantime andy thank you so much it's a pleasure as always having a conversation with you over a drink um i managed to get through half of that rather large whiskey Ooh. too um so if, if things got a bit off the rails um, towards the end there i do apologize uh but we'll be back next week with another episode of your favorite shallow dive podcast the last call with me david and of course andy and until that be curious